The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Navigating the Cancer Maze with Grace Goller. Dealing with cancer is by no means easy to handle, but our program aims to make it easier through knowledge. Whether you've been recently diagnosed, are going through treatment right now, or are a survivor, our program will have points that you should hear. And by sharing our stories together, we'll make it truly a life-changing experience that you don't have to go through alone. Now, here is your host, Grace Goller. Hello and welcome to today's show. I'm Grace Goller, your host of Navigating the Cancer Maze. This show is sponsored by the Grace Goller Institute for Integrated Cancer Solutions. We're based in Australia with a global outreach to cancer patients, as well as strong associations with many cancer centres, doctors and researchers around the world. Our show's name says it all. Our aim is to help people navigate the complex cancer maze. And today I'm going to discuss some great resources and some new cancer treatments. For listeners in the USA, I'll be talking about the very latest exciting developments in cancer immunotherapy from Cancer Research Institute New York, that's CRI.org. As well as for listeners in Queensland, Australia, I'll be in discussion in the last session today with Sarah Jane, She's from the QIMR Berghofer Medical Research Institute and she's going to talk to us today about research roadshows and other interesting things that are going on at the QIMR Berghofer Medical Research Institute. For listeners in Queensland particularly, uh, do uh, listen carefully because they may be coming to a town near you and they have some very, very interesting things to bring to you, especially in the area of cancer. But before I do that, I just want to talk about something that precedes any treatments, something that will empower you in your proactivity to find personalised cancer treatment options. I meet many patients who do not have an experienced case manager. They don't have an expert to advise them on how to navigate the cancer maze and it's all in that how. But before even the case manager can engage, first of all, what tools do you need to navigate this maze so that you get the most reliable, accurate and updated information? Now this week it's been a really hot topic in my private practice because many patients have come in with serious cancer situations without any records at all. A couple of them had two pages from a scan that was performed several months ago but they came with nothing recent and they did not know enough about what was going on with their cancer situation 
so that uh, I could help them and in some cases that the GP that I work with, uh, Dr Whelan, could help them. So just imagine this scenario that several of my clients experienced this week. Three of the patients had previously been diagnosed with cancer, treated successfully years ago, declared cancer-free, arrived at the consulting room. They had hoped in the past this was the last time they'd have anything to do with cancer. In fact, one lady ceremoniously burned all of the records that she had. But cancer is tricky, it's unpredictable, and here they were in my consulting room in a state of total confusion with an unexpected recurrence and no records. And for me, nowhere to go in helping them to navigate the uh, recurrence cancer maze, which can be as equally complex, if not more so, than the first time around with cancer. As I said, two other patients on the same day uh, came in. Uh, they were early in their diagnosis pathway but had no records. The hospital uh, where they'd been attending uh, was unable or unwilling to give them their records. So this is really very important and it, it becomes more important than the courses of treatment that you're recommended to have because apart from wasting precious time and perhaps even delaying further diagnostic procedures or treatments, your medical records are crucial. The information they provide dictates how you can navigate the cancer maze. It can really make a difference to outcome. So I'd have to say that first and foremost, a patient who wants to be proactive, who wants to be involved in their cancer recovery program, must be involved in planning and treatment options and must have knowledge about their cancer situation in order to be empowered, involved and proactive. And by being empowered there, I actually don't mean that you, you take over your own um, control of the situation. I mean empowered with information, empowered with information that's really going to benefit you and help you to ask the right questions of the people who are assisting you in your cancer recovery. Oftentimes, too, cancer patients shop around, getting opinions from alternative and complementary practitioners, as well as from a range of other medical practitioners. But who's actually coordinating all of this? So many times it isn't coordinated, not recorded. Patients need to encourage all their practitioners to collaborate, to communicate and to inform each other in a personalised medicine system, which is not a one-size-fits-all. You need to have the engagement of the people who are assisting you as well as your own enthusiasm and empowerment to navigate the cancer maze. So importantly, a cancer patient must have copies of medical records. And guess what? They need to be meticulously organised, preferably in chronological order, with timelines, with sections for lab results, medical letters, surgery reports, histology, biopsy, etc. And I tell you what, this is a great collation job for caregivers, family members or friends who often want to help but actually don't know where to direct their energies. 
So they now have a great job that they can do for you. Uh, many people's histories are enormous and it can take many, many hours to actually do this collation. If you're having complementary therapies, taking supplements, if you're seeing various holistic or alternative doctors or therapists, it is also important that you keep a separate record of these treatments, test results and any other relevant information. And then of course all your records should be added to and updated regularly. Once you have that record book or several books prepared, the next important step is to write a brief summary in point form with dates, for example, first diagnosed, and then list all the key medical points just in one-liners going down the page. I can't tell you enough about how such summaries have assisted cancer patients to not only get better care, but even more accurate care and treatment. Just this year alone, I must have been involved with perhaps 10 um, yes, I think 10 um, people, patients, who have really uh, not looked through their medical records, they've not asked the questions, and they find themselves dealing with a misdiagnosis. And when one has looked back through the records when we get them, the warning signs are there that they should have asked questions. There may have been other treatments and other pathways that they could have gone um, down. Now, if we're talking about medical records, the, the books can be bulky, and particularly if you're going to be travelling, books can be very bulky indeed. So if you're comfortable with IT storage methods, you know, you're good on the computer and um, you know how to use your, your USB for storage methods or other methods that you have, you might like to take advantage of special USB keys that are available to store your information. This can be kept in your wallet or your purse, um, one example is MediAlert, Medical Alert. Um, it's a USB flash drive and it's on a pendant. You can actually buy this through Amazon. It's got about a one gigabyte capacity. You can carry all your medical info with you. Um, it's great for emergencies. If, if an ambulance is called, uh, they'll often look, first of all, your purse, your wallet, driver's license, to find out who you are. And um, if you have um, this little USB in there, it makes it very much easier for them and a lot safer for you. And I'll tell you a little story about that in a minute. Um, you can also carry your entire family's info with you. Uh, these can be put on a, a chain, put around your neck, you can put it on a key ring. And if you go to the blog of my uh, Grace Caller Media blog, gracecallermedia.com, um, I will be providing you with some links as to where you can actually purchase some of these um, IT storage methods for your medical information. One I particularly like actually is USB medical information card, the 911 medical ID for uh, people who are living in the US. Um, I think this is fantastic. It provides such a simple way to store and carry your important medical information, health history, whether you have allergies, allergies to drugs, uh, what your prescriptions are. And um, this actually provides a format that's easy for medical personnel to actually access, especially in a case of emergency. Um, the information that can be loaded onto this card definitely will reduce misdiagnosis. 
and uh, as we said before, provide instant access for ambulance medics and paramedics and save such valuable time in getting you the care that you need. If you're travelling overseas, a lot of people who are doing Medispa, uh, tour travels to other countries, um, involved in medical tourism, uh, these are an absolute boon for putting your medical data on. I have a personal story with this, which I'll just relate uh, very quickly to you. A friend who was a medical practitioner who was working in New Zealand, and uh, he was actually walking across the car park after a busy day in the hospital to go home, and he fell down on the ground and had a heart attack. And uh, fortunately, he was working on a prototype for one of these medical cards. So when the the ambulance were called, they arrived, not very far to go, fortunately. They were able to look at uh, what his condition was, the sorts of drugs that he had had and he was having. And in fact, in this case, it was a life-saving situation because if they'd given him some of the drugs that they had planned to give him, it actually could have killed him. So he related that to me and I've passed that on, that little story, to many people um, because such a simple thing, such a simple thing can save a life. So now you're informed, you've got your records organised, you've got your records stored in some capacity. Now let's talk about some new options for cancer therapies being delivered by way of trials and by way of actual treatments. Now, during the past two years on navigating the cancer maze, and yes, we had our two-year anniversary recently, I've been lucky to meet some exceptional people, people who work at the cancer coalface, as well as exceptional researchers who work tirelessly to find the answer to cancer. Today, I'm going to talk about some good news in cancer therapies. Um, We talked uh, during the month of June, uh, Immunotherapy Month, about some new cancer breakthroughs. But some of these are therapies that you may not know about and trials that you or your treating oncologist may not be aware of. September the 5th, uh, just recently, I had an exciting email from Cancer Research Institute. The FDA approved a new immunotherapy for the treatment of cancer. Now, this was a game-changing breakthrough, and it has the potential to dramatically improve treatment of many different types of cancer. Now, the drug here is known as Keytruda, or Keytruda, K-E-Y-T-R-U-D-A, and it's Pembrolizumab, And it's made by a drug company called Merck and it belongs to a class of immunotherapies called checkpoint inhibitors. Now for those of you who have tuned into the show regularly, you may remember some of our June speakers, guests on the show for the Immunology Week. Um, They all spoke about the importance and the discovery of checkpoint inhibitors. Jill O'Donnell-Tormey from Cancer Research Institute, Professor Jérôme Guillon from INSERM Paris in France, and Professor Mark Smith from QIMR Berghofer Medical Research Institute in Brisbane in Australia, all spoke with great enthusiasm about these promising new cancer therapies, checkpoint inhibitors. 
So if you're interested to know more about this and you miss these shows, you'll find them in the archive at the top of my Voice America page, um, probably the one you're on now if you're listening to the show directly. Um, you can just type in Navigating the Cancer Maze into Voice America. You'll find that show. Um, and if you go up to the top right-hand corner, you'll see the archives. And for June, you can actually download those for free or listen to them on streaming on the website. So we're going to take a break now in Navigating the Cancer Maze. going to come back and talk more about checkpoint inhibitors. What are they? Why are they so important? And um, I look forward to sharing some great information with you. Don't go away. Listen each week to Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Goller, from the Grace Goller Institute, as she interviews cancer medicine experts, researchers, allied health professionals, patients, and caregivers. Navigating the Cancer Maze provides you with information, education, inspiration, and a toolkit that will equip you wherever you are and whoever you are to effectively navigate your way through the Cancer Maze. The Grace Scholar Institute also provides ebook resources. Be inspired. Be empowered. Visit the Institute's website at www.gracegollarinstitute.com or email institute at gracegollar.com. tuned into Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Goller. We'd love to hear from you today on our program. Please call us toll-free from North America at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. International callers may dial in to 480-553-5759. You may also send an email to institute at gracegoller.com. Now, back to Navigating the Cancer Maze. Welcome back. We're on Navigating the Cancer Maze, and I'm your host, Grace Gawler. We're talking about the immune system once again today, and uh, checkpoint inhibitors. What are they? Why are they so important? And just before the break, we were talking about the breakthrough of the FDA approving an amazing new drug that's going to help many, many people to navigate the cancer maze successfully. So what is a checkpoint inhibitor? Why is it so important? What's all the fuss about? Well, basically, a checkpoint inhibitor takes the brakes off the immune response to cancer. Someone just said to me recently, can you explain this even more simply for us? Because it's obviously very important. So they represent the most promising advance in cancer research to emerge in decades. Now, Merck's drug is the first FDA-approved checkpoint inhibitor, and it targets a molecule called PD-1. And uh, you may have heard some of our former uh, speakers on the show talk about this. Now, the drug's been approved for the treatment of advanced or inoperable melanoma, in patients who have failed prior treatment, but it has great promise in many other cancers. So on the show, when we've spoken about immunotherapies uh, many times before, we've often spoken about dendritic cells and cancer vaccines. But 
things are changing and now the buzz world in the world of science and medicine, immunology, immunotherapies is the interest in this series of molecules that we call immune checkpoints. Now it's an interesting thing here. It turns out that immune cells infiltrate tumours, many tumours. And when they do that, on their surface, there's a series of molecules that act like breaks. Now, some of those breaks turn out to be very significant and perhaps more significant than what we've understood happens with the use of a vaccine in a cancer patient. So just imagine if you depress your foot on your car's accelerator, but the car already has its emergency brake on. Now, it doesn't really go forward, does it? Now, if we look at prostate cancer, if we examine the T-cells that infiltrate prostate cancer, we find they have a lot of PD-1 on them. It's also the same for melanoma and for kidney cancer. So if you can block these checkpoints with an antibody, then the T-cells can move forward. Just like the example with the car, breaks off, you move forward. And moving forward means that T-cells can proliferate which is really good, and in turn, they can then traffic into the tumour. And uh, we've seen this in patients treated with a substance called epilumumab for melanoma, and it is an anti-CLK4 epilumumab for melanoma, one to remember. Um, we're, We're going to be hearing a lot more of that particular drug in the next little while. So, um... Before treatment, there aren't many T-cells in the cancer. And then after the treatment with the immune stimulant, there are. We've seen this with PD-1 in kidney cancer as well. So the idea is that by blocking the checkpoints, the T-cells proliferate, move forward into the tumour, and then they acquire what is known as effector functions. That's E-F-F-E-C-T-O-R. Effective functions for these particular cells means its durability to kill. Now, CD8 cells, they can kill target cells by a couple of very powerful mechanisms that are way beyond what chemotherapy can do. And uh, you may remember uh, Jill O'Donnell Tormey speaking about the answer to cancer is within you and it can be unleashed by immunotherapies. This is really what we're talking about here. T cells can actually kill tumor cells that chemotherapy can't. So I'm going to repeat that. T cells can actually kill tumor cells that chemotherapy can't. So you can see the importance of immunotherapy to the cancer patient and it doesn't mean to say that we're going to um, get rid of chemotherapy altogether because it's still going to be likely to have its part to play and especially in advanced cancers but we're going to see a movement towards chemotherapy interspersed with immunotherapy maybe interspersed with anti-angiogenesis therapy um, which angiogenesis is the ability of the cancer Um, and the tumour and the cells in the tumour to create a vessel so that they can grow and they can multiply. So I think this is really very, very interesting. Blocking the checkpoints, you can do a few positive things to get immune cells to kill 
tumour cells. Are there side effects? Yes, unfortunately there's no free lunches with almost everything. But the new checkpoint drugs, they do have toxicities. They have autoimmune toxicities. And once again, uh, Professor uh, Smith from QIMR Berghofer, who I had on the show during June, Professor Mark Smith, actually spoke about this very fine balance in the immune system. Too much, too little, and that place where it teeters on the, the balance point. They've even created a special name for this kind of uh, reaction. It's immune-related adverse event. Now, we know these are wonderful immune drugs, but the biggest issue is prediction. And as it stands, one can't predict who's going to have a severe reaction to one of these immune uh, drugs and who will not. It's not perfect, but at least we know what may be possible due to those who've responded positively in the trials already. And there has been some excellent responses, which we'll be going through over the next um, eight weeks, actually, on navigating the cancer maze. At the moment, also, there's no biomarkers for epilumumab. And the other um, name of that drug is actually Yervoy, Y-E-R-V-O-Y. So that there's nothing yet we can use to either predict the adverse event, in other words, who's going to get an adverse event on one of these drugs, an autoimmune response, and who's not. Um, Nor can we yet determine um, the longer-term clinical benefits, although there are patients four and five years through trials who are still cancer-free. So it's looking pretty positive. It's a complex problem. The immune microenvironment is very complex. And uh, if you've listened to a few of our speakers during June, you'll certainly be very aware of that. There's a lot of things going on in the immune system. It's not simple, and we can be stimulating perhaps parts of the immune system that we don't know. But if you've already had an immune response, if there's already a lot of T-cells within the tumour, and they're proliferating, they're making a a substance called interferon gamma, they are determined to kill. So this is the good news coming through on cancer. And yes, as I said, not perfect, but there's a lot that is going on and we're going to be getting a lot more information through on this in the the next little while. Um, One of the other ones that's really getting a lot of airplay, particularly with um, lung cancers, is uh, nivolumab because nivolumab in uh, contrast it's actually better tolerated than some of the others but it is looking a a very very positive thing indeed for anyone who's dealing um, with lung cancer it can also be used in combination with some of the other immune checkpoints and in combination with chemotherapies as well so we're left with a lot of questions but we also are left with a lot of positivity. Um, These questions will be answered soon and I think people are becoming so excited about this that uh, it won't be too long before we actually have some really, really uh, positive answers. If you haven't already done so, I'd really like to invite you to take a look at cancerresearchinstitute.org and a must visit for all patients is 
the answer to cancer, all one word, all lowercase, dot org. It's a fantastic um, website created by CRI so that you, the patient, can read about um, and even see some visuals of these stories of people who have been through trials on immunotherapies and the outcomes that they've had. Um, there are also some fantastic videos currently available. Um, CNN in America did a special on advances in immunotherapy. Uh, that was on Friday, the 22nd of August. They aired a three-part series on cancer immunotherapy of a part of the Vital Signs Program. It was hosted by medical correspondent Dr. Sanjay Gupta, and the series features exciting advances in cancer being achieved by several different types of immunotherapy. And uh, we mentioned lung cancer before. The first segment tells the story of a lung cancer patient um, who was a quite advanced patient, and uh, she'd failed chemotherapy. She was treated with um, one of these um, immunotherapies and is alive four years later. Um, there's also a little um, video there about the researchers. And finally, a story of an eight-year-old who survived advanced leukemia with the help of immunotherapy. And this was called CAR T-cell therapy, C-A-R, capital C, capital A, capital R, dash T-cell therapy, which um, was developed by someone from the University of Pennsylvania School of Medicine. So there's three short videos there, um, and I'm going to have the link to those videos on my blog website, that's gracegallermedia.com, so that you can get ready access. I'd really strongly advise, if you are a cancer patient, um, to take a look at these amazing uh, stories and the people who also make them happen. Um, I had a, this email from Jill O'Donnell Tormey. She was a guest on Navigating the Cancer Maze and uh, just a few hours after the FDA had approved um, this um, checkpoint um, inhibitor, she said, I'm proud to say that cancer research institutes played a central role in basic science and clinical research that paved the way for the FDA approval of this new important drug. Now, they fund a lot of work, and they funded the work particularly of three scientists. Um, my institute, the Grace Caller Institute, is very keen, very supportive of any organisations around the world that are doing this innovative research on things like immunotherapy. And today, Cancer Research Institute, based in New York, remains the only non-profit in the world dedicated exclusively to advancing the field of cancer immunology and immunotherapy. Um, their programs fund scientists across research, laboratories, clinics, postdoctoral fellows, preeminent immunologists who all share hope in the possibility of a cancer-free world. So do go to the website, do have a look at um, what they've got to say on there on the videos and I'm sure you are going to find lots and lots about the answer to cancer. We're going to take a break now on Navigating the Cancer Maze and we will be back shortly. Don't go away.
Learn to navigate the cancer maze with trusted professionals in cancer health care. The Grace Scholar Institute, a not-for-profit organization with an established track record, a global clientele, and expertise in local and international referrals. The Institute's founder has almost 40 years' experience as a multidiscipline cancer strategist with a focus on finding options in implementing personalized care for cancer patients. The Grace Scholar Institute can help you navigate the cancer maze. Why not email the Institute today at institute at gracegoller.com or visit their website at gracegollerinstitute.com. You are tuned into Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Goller. We'd love to hear from you today on our program. Please call us toll-free from North America at one 866 Four seven two five seven nine two. That's one eight six six four seven two five seven nine two. International callers may dial in to four eight zero five five three five seven five nine. You may also send an email to institute at gracegoller dot com. Now back to navigating the cancer maze. Welcome back to navigating the cancer maze. I'm your host, Grace Gawler. We've been talking about exciting uh, things in immune therapies today. Now, over the next few weeks, we're coming up to, uh, in Australia here, we've got Breast Cancer Awareness Month, which is the month of October, and we also have Prostate Cancer Awareness Month. So I'm going to be interviewing several experts in the field of both prostate cancer and, in October, breast cancer. Now, if you're one of the people who has a triple negative breast cancer, <clears throat> do stay listening because we've got some very, very latest information on treating and uh, the diagnosing uh, in an appropriate way, a new way of triple negative breast cancer. As well, I'm going to be uh, interviewing a lady who's a uh, antibody researcher. Her name is Jennifer Town. And Jennifer has been researching um, for a number of years and specifically looking at sarcomas and antibodies. So I think that's going to be also a fascinating interview not to be missed. And here on Navigating the Cancer Maze, remember this is your program. It's free to air, free to download. It's information that's brought to you, the patient, so that you're informed, you know the questions to ask, and you can therefore make better choices. Uh, Another guest who we'll be having on the show is going to be talking about timing of um, treatments and particular timing in terms of the immune system and how it works and how you can actually empower a therapy by giving a therapy at a particular time. So that is a fascinating one and we'll be having that I think in a couple of weeks. So don't miss that. It's groundbreaking stuff and very, very exciting indeed. Now, um, I'd like to bring your awareness also, for those of you who like having a look at some videos and so forth on the web, immunotherapy, the future of prostate cancer is here. Um, Cancer Research Institute is actually running this on the 30th of September 2014. Um, it's going to be at 2 p.m. EDT, Eastern Daylight Time, and uh, you're going to be able to log on to that as a webinar. Uh, 
So this is of great interest to patients as well as some practitioners. It's a 45-minute online webinar and it's talking about Cancer Research Institute's breakthroughs in cancer immunotherapy. And I'm sure you're going to pick up a lot of information about the latest research, what's available right now, and what clinical trials may be available for you. So whatever country in the world you're listening from today, um, there are trials going on for these immunotherapies in many, many places. If you want to find out more, uh, if you want to know where, if there's somewhere nearby you or somewhere you could travel to, to even go on a trial uh, for these immunotherapies, please contact me. Now you can email me at institute at gracegawler, that's G-A-W-L-E-R, institute at gracegawler.com and I'll be happy to answer your inquiries. There's also a contact page that you can use on my uh, blog website, gracegawlermedia.com. Just go to the contact page and you can forward your questions to me. Also, if you would like to have anything in particular presented on the show, something that's relevant and of interest to you, that would be fantastic. Um, If you want to uh, register for that seminar, go to cancerresearch.org and uh, on the web and you will be able to find out there. If you can't do that, once again, check into the blog because I'll have the link there for you to find this uh, great webinar on immunotherapy and prostate cancer. Now, during the the last few months, um, as we've said on the program, I have been working with a specialist GP who's been interviewed on this program a few times, Dr. Bruce Whelan. And uh, we've been having some wonderful, interesting, exciting and sometimes um, challenging experiences in our new practice, which is called Health Intelligence Australia. Now, if you're somewhere else in the world and you think, oh, I can't get to Australia to access some of this information, you can also um, do a consultation with myself via Skype. Um, I have many medical colleagues that I can also refer to to help you to get the very best information. So this week was quite a, um, a classical week, as mentioned earlier. We had lots of people coming into the practice who did not have medical records and who had cancer and were trying desperately to navigate the cancer maze. I think if we draw a few similarities um, here with our, our patients and what what are the biggest challenges that patients are bringing to us, I think um, in many ways it goes beyond the treatments that are actually available. Uh, the treatments are getting better and better for certain, but there's still a lot of organising around the edges for cancer patients. Um, we had a number of patients this week also who were taking alternative therapies, had not uh, mentioned to their doctors and uh, not mentioned to other therapists of the alternative kind that they were taking supplements as well. So you find quite often that you get a real mixture of um, supplements that may be contraindicated, supplements that may not be serving you and supplements which might not be doing anything much at all for you. So it's a really, really good idea, folks, um, to just jot down everything, as I said in the first part of the show, so that everybody knows what you're doing. 
Um, this week we had uh, a lady with quite advanced ovarian cancer diagnosed quite late, as often happens. And I remember Fran Drescher, of course, on this show, pleading with people to please get investigations very early. Don't be put off if you've got um, abdominal bloating or any kind of thing that doesn't feel right to you. Uh, this particular lady uh, this week actually has not been well for some time, but uh, actually noticed that she was looking a bit puffy around the abdomen. She's also had a long-term uh, problem with uh, uh, food digestion and uh, has a malabsorption syndrome. She's been a, pretty much a vegan for a long time and had very, very low B, vitamin B12 levels. So in trying to help someone like this to navigate the cancer maze, it can be quite a challenge for us. Um, to just reiterate, we do the, the records first and then we will try uh, our very best to pull everything together to refer for scans that haven't been done or tests that are going to be useful. And then we can pull those together and case manage the person. Now what happens when you're not case managed? Um, it means that your information is very scattered and it's very hard for any practitioner who's seeing you as a new entity to just pull it all together and say, oh yes, we know where to send you down X, Y and Z road. It takes a lot of time for us as practitioners to go through. In fact, uh, sometimes it can take me two or three hours to actually go through a patient's history to ensure that they're in the right direction and that we're helping them also in the right direction. It came up again and again during this week's consultations um, that many people are following what we call the cancer myths. Now it's really worth reading up about a number of these things and I'm so impassioned about this. I'm actually um, beginning a new blog next week and it's a blog that's really going to help people with how to make the best decisions from what you might read on the internet, how to use critical thinking, how to bring uh, a really logical, um, a logical view to navigating the cancer maze. Uh, the lady that I saw the other day that had the ovarian cancer uh, she'd been a, a nurse, she was a very sensible lady, but in her desperation, yes, she was doing the medical, but she was really running off at a tangent and doing a lot of other things that would have been preventing her recovery. And once we explained a little bit to her about the nature of cancer and these classical myths around uh, cancer treatment that are so prevalent on uh, on Dr. Google, uh, she really took it on board and was quite surprised that a lot of these substances um, were not what they were cracked up to be. So one doesn't like to be negative. I love complementary medicine, but it is a complement. It is an adjunct to what you are doing, and it should be enhancing the process. Um, the diet that you're having will help your host resistance, but it is not likely to impact cancer once it has actually really begun. And 
that's something that's quite misinterpreted um, on the net. It's misinterpreted by patients as well. We see it time and time again where people are having an advanced cancer and believing that diet will reverse it. Um, I am yet to see diet reverse an advanced cancer. I've been working in this industry for 40 years. I'm a trained naturopath and a herbalist. I know when to hold up and when to fold up. I know what the products that I can do can help as adjuncts. And uh, I know that I need for the benefit of a patient to work with the patient, to work with the oncologist and to help with strategies, strategies of how to navigate this complex cancer maze and by doing that we'll get the very best outcomes now we're coming up to a break once again and when we come back i'm going to be talking with sarah jane now sarah jane is from qimr berghofer medical research institute here in brisbane in queensland and in australia they have some fantastic programs so if you're listening today from queensland don't miss this last segment there's some fantastic information and particularly about their research roadshows we are also going to be offering um, tours for our patients for patients of the Grace Gawler Institute and Health Intelligence Australia to uh, come down to QMIR Berghofer with us and to actually take a tour through the place talk to the people talk to some of the researchers and really get a very hands-on experience of what it's like uh, to be uh, in a research institute where these people are working so hard to find solutions for you, the cancer patient. So don't go away. We'll be back shortly with Sarah-Jane. to navigate the cancer maze with trusted professionals in cancer health care. The Grace Scholar Institute, a not-for-profit organization with an established track record, a global clientele, and expertise in local and international referrals. The Institute's founder has almost 40 years' experience as a multidiscipline cancer strategist with a focus on finding options and implementing personalized care for cancer patients. The Grace Scholar Institute can help you navigate the cancer maze. Why not email the Institute today at institute at gracegoller.com or visit their website at gracegollerinstitute.com. You are tuned into Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Goller. We'd love to hear from you today on our program. Please call us toll-free from North America at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. International callers may dial in to 480-553-5759. You may also send an email to institute at gracegoller.com. Now, back to Navigating the Cancer Maze. We're on Navigating the Cancer Maze and I have Sarah Jane with me who is from the QIMR Berghofer Institute in Brisbane and she's going to tell us about some really special events that are happening in terms of research and taking research to you, the patient. Welcome to the show, Sarah Jane. Thank you. 
So we're really excited. Uh, the rest of this year we've got lots of events that are coming up, particularly in September and October. At QMR Berkhofer we always try and have events for the public to engage with because it is so important that the public understand what our researchers are doing. Sure. Of course we don't have much of an advertising budget being a charity, so you know, any way we can get the word out there to the public is wonderful. Hear that people, you can take <laughs> this word out to many other people who may not be listening to the show today. So one of the main programs that we have that um, I participate in are our tours and our speaking engagement um, programs. So we run free tours of the Institute, so if anyone's ever interested in what actually happens here, you can actually book in to come in for a look around and we'll take you around, we'll show you what we do and you'll get the chance to speak to um, one of our researchers as well as part of that. The tours are fantastic, they are free, we run them for clubs, so if you've got a group of 30 people or less in your club you might want to come along to that. We also run public tours, so they're for individuals who might not be a part of a club and they just want to come with their mum or their sister, and they happen on the last Tuesday of every month, mm -hmm. so there are a chance you can come in and speak to our researchers as well. As well as that, we go out on the road and we go and visit clubs. So we are available to talk as a guest speaker if you do belong to a club and give you an overview of QMR Burkhofer and our research and how it affects you. So that's what we, that's the core of what we love to do um, in our department. But also as well as that, we have special events that come up. And we know that um, people are really, really in, engaged in uh, what we're doing and would like to come for a tour, but not everyone is available to travel the distance to Brisbane. Mm -hmm. So we also take our shows on the road and we call them research road shows. And our next one is going to be at Narang. We're going to be holding that at the Narang Library on Friday, the 26th of September at 10.30 a.m. So this is a chance where basically you can come for a tour of QMR Berkhofer at Narang. So at the Narang Library, we'll tell you all about what we do, what our research is. We look at many different programs here. Our main programs are cancer, infectious diseases and mental health research. There are a few other things that we do as well. We call them complex disorders. And if you come along, uh, we'll be able to explain those in detail. So that's our research roadshow. As well as that, if you are available to come to Brisbane to QIMR Berghofer, we have a fantastic event on Wednesday the 24th of September and it's our genetics public forum. So it's a free forum. You get to come in and hear from some of our head researchers. And the topics for this forum will be all based in our genetics research. We'll be looking at the genetics of um, common diseases and how you can find cures for them and how the public can actually help us in finding those cures. In particular, um, that's Professor Nick Martin's work and he'll be speaking a lot about our anorexia program. We're trying to hunt the genes that actually cause anorexia. So mm. we'll be discussing that. That's important. It's really, really important and a lot of people don't think of anorexia as something that could have a genetic base to it, but it does. Mm. Uh, we'll also be talking about melanoma and your genetic risk and most of us are, are aware that you can have a genetic risk to melanoma. Most of your melanoma does come from sun exposure, but sometimes you do, do have a genetic risk um, that will make you more likely to get that disease. We'll also be looking at endometriosis, 
and also hemochromatosis. And for those that haven't heard of hemochromatosis before, it is our most common genetic disorder in Australia. One in 300 people have it, and a lot of people out there don't know that they have it, and it can really affect your health seriously. Um, that's an iron-loading disorder, so it's kind of like the opposite to anemia. Mm. So we'll be discussing that and um, how your genes influence um, your risk of hemochromatosis and the research that we're doing in that area. So they're the main areas that you can get involved with. Come along and hear what we do, speak to the researchers, or speak to myself and Belinda. Belinda and I work as the bridge between the researchers and the public. So we're also the people you can contact if you have questions, if you do have a specific question about a type of cancer or a type of disease that you know we research, you can contact us and we'll try and get you answers. And can you tell us how people can contact you? Absolutely. If you could give the website and perhaps a number. Yes, our website is QIMR.com. Berghofer, and that's um, .edu.au, and Berghofer is B-E-R-G-H-O-F-E-R, <laughs> very hard one um, to spell if you haven't seen it written before, and we also have a free number, and that is 1-800-993-000, so we can give you any further information on any of our events through um, that number. We also have a great Facebook site, and we have a Twitter account, and we have a great website, so people um, who are more likely to use social media, you can find us that way and always contact us through those Great. Ways. So many of our patients are looking for trials. Mm -hmm. um, how does someone go about using the website, for instance, to check out is there a trial that's available for them or should they go through their doctor and ask them to go through QIMR Berghofer? Well, I would suggest to people if you are interested you should always ask the questions and you're, we're most happy for you to contact us. If you hear of something that is related to QIMR Berkhofer in some way, you can contact Belinda and I and we will find out from the scientist who is running the trial the best way for you to get involved. Quite often that will be through your specialist or through your GP, so it normally does go through that route, um, but you can always ask us and we will get that answer to you Terrific. from, from uh, our scientists. Yeah, as a clinician myself, I'm often finding out that people don't know, the specialists don't know where the trials are, yeah. so sometimes it is a good idea if people do that legwork first. Yeah, we never mind if people ask us because, you know, you never know, so I always say ask the question because you don't know, maybe you can get involved in this trial maybe it really will be good for you but who knows there, there are all kinds of things that are involved and of course each um, trial has very specific criteria as well that you have to meet so that's something that you have to talk to um, with your GP as well as that there is a really great resource called the Australian and New Zealand Clinical Trial Register and we quite often refer people to that register they have a website but they also have a phone number you can look up and call them and speak to someone directly and they actually have a record of every trial in Australia and New Zealand that is current and they're great people to go to if you do have a specific condition and you are interested in seeing if there are trials out there that fit what you have um, they're a great resource to go to fantastic and some of the immunotherapy trials that are uh, in progress are really worthwhile oh, for cancer amazing. patients yeah. to explore yeah. uh, especially people that are in the public system you know that they can't pay for a lot of their treatment and there could be something just sitting out there yeah that, that has the answer um, for you, what's, um, what's the impact of working at QIMR Berghofer for you oh, as a person? Oh, it's amazing. Well, everyone's life is touched by cancer in some way, isn't it? I mean, one or two Australians have cancer. So if you don't know someone with cancer or who's had cancer, you'd be a rarity in this country. So, of course, personally, I've... Um, 
you know, found it very, very hopeful to work in a place where I'm hearing about exciting things that are happening and exciting trials that are happening that may help us in the future and help the people that I know. I used to work uh, with sick children in a hospital and, you know, that was a wonderful job, but you'd see a lot of sad stories there. So working here and hearing the positive things that come through all the time, it makes me really excited for the future. And what I love about this job is meeting the people in the community who support it. So we have wonderful events like the Rio Tinto Ride to Conquer Cancer and the Weekend to End Women's Cancer. That is a, um, a ride, a bike ride, and a walk that we do, and that money goes straight to our researchers. So we have our Weekend to End Women's Cancer coming up on the 25th and 26th of October. Uh, if you'd like to get involved with that in any way, it is a wonderful way. You can support our research directly. That money goes to our researchers. And it's a wonderful way to see people in the community who are actually getting behind these causes and raising money specifically for the researchers. Mm, and I think that's an important part. Often people give money and they don't know where it goes. Yes. They don't know how it's used. Yeah, exactly. But in this situation, it's you're very disclosive about how the funds are used. Absolutely. We encourage people to come in. If you do donate or you do participate in the ride or the walk or you're thinking of donating uh, and you have a specific area, whether it's in cancer or infectious disease or mental health, please come in. We'd love to introduce you to the scientists and let you know more specifically about the area you find most fascinating. <laughs> okay, we're out of time for today. Thank you, Sarah Jane, for uh, graciously at short notice uh, <laughs> being on the show today and for the information you've been able to provide. And for you, the listeners, go to gracecallermedia.com, uh, my blog, and there you'll find all of the information and the resources that Sarah Jane has shared with us today. Thanks for coming. Thank you very much for having me. Bye for now. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you again for listening to Navigating the Cancer Maze. Please join your host, Grace Goller, again next Friday at 12 noon U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember, cancer is not something you have to face alone.